0: You're listening to Vancouver
1: Hoops podcast. This podcast is sponsored by nobody. Welcome to another edition of Vancouver Hoops. Uh, we're joined by first timers Fawns, Denny, and our regular Brandon. How you guys doing? Pretty good, man. Be good. Good, man. Y'all looking good. What kind of jersey you got on there, Fawns? That Raptors.
0: Man, you know I got the Raptors. It's old school
1: though, Lamar Raptor. But hey, nice. Uh, by the way, what's the update on the score in that game?
0: Uh, right now they're in commercials. Here, let me tell you, it is ninety-five
1: ninety-one. Nice. Denny, fresh back from Montreal. Welcome home. Welcome home. We. Mercy. Get that ball going again, man. You say they weren't exactly you you weren't they weren't balling as much as you thought up in Montreal. No.
2: This is a hockey hockey province.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. All right, so let's get it started. So we have a lot of stuff to talk about today. So much stuff going on in the first round of the playoffs. Houston surviving. Uh Doncic getting eliminated despite his great play. Nuggets Clippers, Houston Lakers. Raptors in trouble, Bucks in trouble, Steve Nash being named head coach. So much to get into. We're gonna get started with last night's game. The Houston Rockets. No one thought it would go to Game 7. No one thought the Thunder would even get this far. But there it was. Four seconds ago, and Lou Dort from Montreal with a chance to win the game with a three. James Harden had been cold the whole night, just shooting terrible. But he comes up with a huge block. We'll start with uh, we'll start with Denny. What does this What does this mean for Houston to get out of that with a win, uh, d- despite Harden's t- poor play?
2: To be honest, uh, even if they get you know their legs get together after playing uh, this many games, uh, it exposed a big weakness, and that's how to shut down James Harden. And what happens when he's shut down? Um, because they were playing excellent defense on him, and he, even in his post game interview, he said he wasn't playing good offense. Right? Um,
1: He's playing like now crap, he said. Right?
2: It, 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 yeah, like exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, going to the Lakers, which are one of the best defensive teams in the in the league, I think they're going to have a real, real hard time.
1: Nice. What do you think, Fawns?
0: Um. I think they did a pretty decent job. I mean, Oklahoma is supposedly crowned one of the most clutch teams at this moment, um, and they did not come through with that clutchness. Uh, but James Harden was lacking the entire game, but he did make up for it defensively. Like, in that fourth quarter, I think it was all in the fourth quarter, he had three blocks and two steals. So he did make up for it Um Pretty largely, and I do think that if he had not made that block, there was a pretty good chance that that shot would have gone in because Dort came back from a shooting deficit from game six, and he scored – he had six three-pointers in game seven. So who's to say that that last one wasn't going
3: to go in?
1: Crazy. Brandon? Brandon?
3: Yeah, like just as mentioned, um, uh, I think you're going to be in a lot of uh, trouble if you're going to be relying on James Harden to be your best defender, right? So, um, yeah, it's nice to see him actually come through and play some defense for once. But uh, but you know, we know that's not that's, that's not his game, right? So uh, in the Clippers series, really, we're going to have to see him, you know, really pick it up. He's gonna to have to put up 40, 50 points in some of those games, um, just to you know, just keep up with with the Lakers, right? So gonna be an interesting series for
1: sure. So many storylines, so much was on the line for Houston. Mike Dantoni's job, we know he's a coaching free agent. Would he have come back if they lose that game? What about Houston and the Rockets? They don't just play small ball, they play micro ball. That experiment where they traded Clint Capella and are running out of six foot five center and PJ Tucker. Would that experiment have ended if they lost that game? Uh, The experiment lives on. The experiment lives on. All because of Harden's defense. I was ready to come on to today's podcast saying that Oklahoma City blew it by starting Lou Dort, ruining the spacing for the Thunder, and then he had this amazing Game 7, about to win it at the buzzer, but again, James Harden coming clutch with the block. So this leads us to our next topic, a preview for the Houston Rockets and Lakers series. Brandon, what do you got happening in that series?
3: Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting matchup because, like you said, this is going to be the test to see if uh, small ball or micro ball, whatever you want to call it, right? It's, it's, it's actually going to work. Um, that's what they're going to have to rely on. Houston is just going to have to shoot and they're going to have to try to outscore LA this way because we know they can't defend against uh, both ED and LeBron, right? So... It's going to be a really interesting matchup. It could be a short series if they, uh, obviously, if they, you know, LeBron or, you know, Anthony, Anthony Davis will be the key in this series, right? So, we're going to have to have some big games from Harden.
1: Nice. Fawn? Lakers, Houston, who you got? Um, I'm
0: taking Houston just because of my boy Westbrook. Snap. I think, I think he, he just needs a few more games to kind of get his legs back under him after that quad strain. Um, but I think this is really going to be a pivotal point in which he comes into play because he has a style of play that the Lakers, they they have a lot of defense for the bigger guys, but Westbrook is good at going up against bigger guys. He can drive on a bigger guy. He can pull back and shoot on a bigger guy from a two-point range at least. So I think it, it, it'll be interesting to see because it's two completely opposite styles of basketball.
1: Right. So does Houston force Lakers to play small or does Lakers force uh, Houston to pull out Tyson Chandler off the bench? That's that's my question because something's got to give. Lakers are too big and Houston is too small. Uh, I think they can guard LeBron okay. They got a lot of switchable wings with P.J. Tucker, Covington, Jeff Green, and Eric Gordon. But I'm worried about Anthony Davis. Uh, I don't know who they have that can guard this guy. So, of course, I'm going for Houston in the series. Uh, and it's gonna be gonna be entertaining, full of star power—Westbrook, Harden, Davis, and LeBron. This is the series everyone wanted to see. I'm happy it's happening in the second round. Uh, so that way, even if Lakers get by, which I'm hoping, I'm hoping Houston gets them. But if Lakers get by, then at least we have Clippers, Lakers t- to look forward to, right? So, but Denny, what do you what, what do, you, do got you got on the, the second, second round series? series here?
2: I have Lakers in six. Um, just because the only way. Houston would be able to win the series is if they're hot every night. Uh, if they're not hot every night, which we've seen that they're very uh, spotty, uh, then I think uh, Lakers are more consistent. Lakers got a good kick in the pants in the first game. And then since then, they've been playing awesome basketball. So, um, like, I agree, uh, Anthony Davis is going to be the key. Um, but LeBron, uh, he was against the Golden State Warriors. He took over, right? So, uh, and they were a much better team than Houston is. Uh, so if he can drop 40 points in a Golden State Warriors final, I think he might be able to pull something out, even at uh, his age.
1: <laughs> who's just question for anybody? Who's who's Lakers' third best player? Who's going to step up in the series for them to to take it? Kuzma. 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 All right. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. He's, he's still a young guy, unproven in the playoffs, but they're going to need him.
2: KCP too with the if it gets hot.
1: Yeah. Okay, so we go to another game seven. Uh, this is a couple nights ago between the Jazz and the Nuggets. So this series was historic in the sense that Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell both had I think two fifty point games in one series, and it was just back and forth. Utah was up three one. They had it. They had it clinched, and then Denver comes back and takes three in a row. Uh, largely behind Jamal Murray in Games 5 and 6, but then Nikola Jokic in Game 7 uh, was the difference maker. Uh, what are your thoughts on that series? Uh, again, Conley missing the, the, the three-point buzzer beater at the g- end of uh, Game 7 there. Uh, Denny we'll start with you. Uh,
2: I do think the better team won, uh, but they are only better by a very slight margin. Um, now, even though Jamal Murray uh, kind of led in those few games where he dropped uh, 50 piece, I still think they should run their entire offense through Jokic uh, because for his size, uh, his shooting ability and passing, uh, it's a big problem. It's kind of like how Toronto uses Gasol. Doesn't yep. necessarily mean he's gonna score all their points, but just having him there is a big distraction. And then it leaves people open like Murray to be able to drop uh, 50, right?
1: Yeah, man, where, where's uh, Jokic from? he's from serbia
2: where where are you from denny i'm from montenegro that's right it's yeah they used to be one country
1: it's it's close though it's close right it's the same thing i think that's why you're telling us it has to run through no i'm just kidding (laughs) he plays a different position to me though i know i'm just kidding (laughs) nice okay so fawns you got anything on that series
0: um i do i think I was sad to see Donovan Mitchell lose. Yeah, to me too. i was really rooting for the guy. He, he's a very exciting player to watch. Um, but in the end of the the better team won uh, by very little. But I think that the Nuggets are going to have to really step up their game mm-hmm. in order to come out of this next round against the Clippers. Because, I mean, you've got Kawhi, Paul George. And how many stars, how many guys are in Denver who can actually lead? I mean, mm. you got Jamal Murray, but, I mean, what happens if you double-team Jamal Murray? That's you it. got Jokic, which is also a big help, but the Clippers do have a very well defensively built team.
1: Right. Brandon?
3: Yeah, it actually it turned out uh, I didn't expect that the Utah-Denver um, series would be as close as it was, so – in a lot of ways, when you watch the games, the teams are very, they kind of mirror each other, right, in terms of the talent level, like that, right? So, um, but yeah, it's, it's unfortunate to see uh, Don, as very already mentioned, Donovan Mitchell is such a good talent, you know? Yeah. It's unfortunate to kind of see him move on, but uh, but I think we saw a rise there in, in Murray, right? So, yeah, like I said, it's, it was a nice story to see him uh, put up the points that he did, uh, Jamal Murray.
1: Yeah, so this series really surprised with how exciting it was. In fact, in our last podcast, I said this was like the least exciting series in the first round in the West or East, but it turned out to be super exciting because of Mitchell and Murray stepping it up. I'm not really a huge fan of either of them, but by their playing this first round, I kind of, you know, I was impressed. So I wasn't really necessarily rooting for either of those teams. Neither of them are my favorite, but sometimes when you just watch neutral – that you find yourself pulling for someone inside and that was for me that was Utah I was going for them so again I was disappointed but uh yeah, yeah Denver came through they have a little bit more offensive firepower Utah is more of a defensive team um so when they were able to contain Mitchell uh Joe Ingles just didn't didn't bring enough punch so uh <laughs> that's what happened man that's what happened so uh Leading into the, the Nuggets versus Clippers preview, and Fawns touched on it, but Brandon, as the our number one Clippers fan, wearing a Clippers T-shirt as we speak, tell me about the series. What do we have to look forward to here? Who's taking it? How many games? Storylines. What do you got?
3: No, it's going to be a really nice matchup between the two teams. Uh, it's going to be a nice challenge for the Clippers to see. Um, you know, they're going to have they're playing a much better team than Dallas, right? Um, I think the challenge for Denver, especially for Jamal Murray, will be um, he's going to have to go against elite defenders, right? So he's going to have to go up against Kawhi, match up against uh, Pat Beverly. Um, you know, a lot of length and on the Clippers side, right? So, and I think for the Clippers, I think they're actually, uh, um, in terms of their versatility off the bench, I think will come, we'll, sh- we'll show through here against Denver.
1: And so, I guess I would say Clippers and Clippers in five. Very good, very good. I'm gonna go Clippers in five too. I I honestly don't think Denver has a chance here because of what Fonz mentioned. You know, when they, when they start throwing Kawhi on Jamal Murray, that's it, right? Kawhi struggled with Luka Doncic because Luka Doncic is, is taller and thicker than Kawhi Leonard, but Jamal Murray is just he's short and his, his gift is not. His uh you know his speed per, per se. Say, it's, it's just kind, kind of his of a skill. Quiet does good guarding guys like that. that. So uh I'm afraid Denver might get a game. That's it. But, but I, I think, think that Clippers, is, they're gonna, gonna take this team. Take you know, Michael, Michael Porter um, and all these guys, guys just they, they don't have enough experience yet. Maybe in a year or, or two, but Clippers uh they got it. Danny.
2: Yeah. Um, I do think actually Lakers in five as well. Um, the only way Den- Denver has a chance is if they steal the first game. Uh, but I doubt that's going to happen. Uh, even if Kawhi and Paul George were both excellent defenders, uh, even if they just focus on locking down defense, like Brandon mentioned, they have guys like Lou Williams that can drop 30 points in like 30 minutes, you know? So, uh, if they all just stick to what they're supposed to do, the series will be over very quick.
1: Yeah. All right, All right, so we, we go, go to our our, our next series, series that we're, we're going to discuss here, and, and that's um we we're going to go to Fawns here, the, the Toronto Raptors fan. So what's, what's the score in that game?
0: game? Uh, Toronto just won.
1: The Toronto, Toronto just, just won. won. Okay, okay, It was
0: it was one hundred one, one hundred three. Boston Celtics winning. Toronto with the ball, point five seconds on the clock. Uh, Lowry inbounded. From one side of the court to the other, to Ananobi and he managed to get the three-point off. Are
1: you Are you serious? <laughs> wow. Are you serious? So he hit a three with point five seconds left.
0: Yeah, point five seconds left, and they made they made it. And it, yo, yeah.
1: that's a wow. Derek wow. Fisher moment. That's yeah. like a grad Hill uh, Christian Leitner. Wild. Holy. So, so the, the the question, question was, raptors was Raptors in trouble? Troubles. They, they would have been, been in more trouble. trouble. If, if OG didn't hit, hit that, that shot. shot. But, but now, now they're still, still in it. it but begs the, the question, question um, up, up until, until this, this moment, Boston had their number. Had their number. What, what do you think, think going, going forward, forward for the rest the of the series here, Fonz? Is to Toronto, Toronto, Toronto? in trouble? I think that they
0: just, they're, they're, they're starting to get their footing. But, I mean, it's hard to tell because Boston is an extremely amazing team. I mean, Toronto, in terms of skill, is lacking here boston has amazing dudes and kemba walker jason tatum i mean tatum's a guard who's how tall is tatum six what six,
1: six eight six eight, six, eight there you six, go. Nine, he, yeah.
0: and and uh, he can shoot the three from the logo um so what toronto does have is a grit which is something that i don't think boston has seen much of yet um and when lowry and van vliet start heating up and start getting really physical and start getting into it um into the rhythm it's it'll be tough it'll be rough i am i'm excited i'm excited
1: nice Nice. uh denny Uh, Denny, you got got any 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 takes takes on that that series? series yeah it's
2: actually might go down to game seven here because the um raptors are just resilient but in terms of closers i think boston has a few more um Than Toronto does, but to me, they're although the coaching styles are a bit different, the the teams seem a little bit similar in terms of like that they play as a team. You know, it's not like run the ball to one guy and he just uh, runs runs and scores down the court. It's like on any night, three or four different players could go off. So uh, that's what keeps it interesting. That's why I can't say uh, like you can see Van Vliet; he can drop thirty-five points. You never know; he can surprise everybody and. Uh, same with Walker, Tatum. You don't know who it's gonna come from. So depending on which figure it is, I think the, the games will end up evening out now that they, they won here.
1: Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I agree. Brian Yeah, even
3: if the Raptors were behind, you know, 3 0 in the series, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt them because really? I've never seen a team uh, play as well as a five man unit as, as as much as the Raptors. And that's coming from someone I I'm not a Raptors fan. But that's the one thing you can enjoy when you watch the Raptors is how well they play. They have way better coaching than Boston. Uh, and Chapin, you know how I feel about Coach Stevens. I, you know, I think he's the most overrated coach in the league. But I think Toronto has way, has way better coaching staff, way better strategizing. And so I think in the end, I think Toronto will, will take it to seven and I think they'll be moving on, which is good because uh, I like to see them in, in the final go up against Kawhi.
1: So Brandon is referencing one of the first podcasts. I think it was episode four, if memory serves me, where one of his hot takes was Brad Stevens is a terrible coach. <laughs> it, it's coming back. So, uh, yeah, So, you think Toronto down 3 nothing could come back in the series if, of course, they're not down 3 nothing thanks to OGN and, and OB. But you think if they would, if they were, they still could, which would be the first time in NBA history. That's how much trust you have in them, even though you're not a fan. If I'm to sum up your take there, that is some bold stuff. I think the Raptors are in trouble. I think Boston's got a little bit more closers like was mentioned before. That being said, I'm looking at Boston's bench and it's uh, it's a little depleted since the Hayward injury, so uh I don't think they can count on Marcus Smart to hit you know five threes in the fourth quarter every game. So huh, I don't know. I think I think it's going seven. I'm not going to pick someone at this point. I have no idea. I'm going to leave that to Fonz. So, uh, one more team in serious trouble. The reigning MVP, the reigning defensive player of the year. Two-time MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Bucks are down 0-2. Jimmy Butler has his number. Giannis is not guarding the best player on the team. Giannis is, is not putting up his typical numbers. He's struggling against the wall. That is the Miami Heat's defenders of Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, and the rest of them, guys. How how serious is this if Milwaukee gets wiped out in the second round, Danny?
2: Well, I don't want to start another topic, but I do think Giannis is the most overrated player in the entire league. Um, <laughs> Fonz is nodding. He can't, he can't even shoot threes. You know, uh, in, this, in this day and age, I mean, 20 years ago, that's normal, you know. Uh, but right now, for you to be MVP caliber, uh, to lead a team, to make cl- – if they can step off you at the three-point line in the final five seconds, how could you possibly be the most valuable player in the league? But uh, this, to me, is is also showing how uh, you can shut down Giannis because uh, they're clogging up the middle. He can't make those long strides. Uh, he's still getting his 20 points, but uh, it's not dominant. He doesn't have, doesn't give his team any momentum. And I, I honestly do think that uh, Mike Spoltraff, We'll be able to figure it out, and Miami will will
1: take it. Right, Fonz. I saw you nodding there aggressively.
0: I agree with paying a hundred percent, man. Giannis is one of the most overrated players in the league. I saw I saw a meme the other day, and it said it, it was a dude working in McDonald's, and it said if Giannis was six three, and <laughs> exactly, I mean that that's. Exactly how it is. I mean, Giannis has absolutely no skill whatsoever. He just stretches. That—that's all he does. Is he just <laughs> stretches? He, he has no handle package. He can't. I mean, he misses. I think it was like they said, like twenty-five percent of his open layups. I mean, all he can do is dunk. He just stretches <laughs> and dunks. But I mean, I, I have to say, I have to admit, I did come into this series. I've been a big Jimmy Butler hater, but I have been proven wrong again and again. I mean, the guy's a
1: star. He looks homeless, but the guy's a star. (laughs) He does. He's starting to look like, yeah, man. He's starting to look, yeah, I'm not going to go there. (laughs) (laughs) He looks like Denzel Washington in a movie where Denzel's playing a homeless guy or something. I don't know. (laughs) Brandon, what do you got there?
3: Yeah, with, with Giannis, it's, uh, I, I would agree too that, um, you know, that whole incident with the headbutt, it, it may have been a little incident, but it showed that in a mean-nothing game that people can get in his head. And to me, that is not an MVP, that's not a leader, right? So if he can be rattled by something like that, uh, it doesn't surprise me, right? And, you know, Jimmy Butler is outplaying this guy. Um Unfortunately, I think that this will have major implications for the Bucks moving forward, especially if they, they go out in the second round because I think Giannis needs a second guy. Um, it speaks to the Bucks not, not going out and getting another player because Middleton is not the guy. So, so, unfortunately, they don't build enough around him. But, uh, but no, I would agree that Giannis and uh, in, in the Bucs are in a lot of trouble right
1: now. Yo, I, I'm a Miami Heat converted fan i always kind of appreciated what they were doing the series pat riley has them playing tough and gritty but the roster construction they have uh a whole bunch of wing defenders as i mentioned before iguodala jay crowder they got shooters and tyler hero and duncan robinson they got some vets with like goron dragic they got a switchable big man who's also a playmaker and bam out of bio they they have literally everything and they play tough and they hit their shots. And they don't have uh, a superstar, but they have Jimmy Butler, who's doing an impersonation, and he's doing pretty good. Um, yeah. So i th- I think Miami's my, my like my new team. I'm I'm gonna be rooting for them to make it into the finals in the East. And uh, I do think Bucks are in a world of trouble. I do think the Malcolm Brogdon subtraction from last year, where they just let him walk to Indiana, and didn't really replace that that extra playmaker on the court. Is coming back to haunt them. Um, you know, guys like Dante Di Vincenzo. It's not that good. Not that good. Um, yeah, they're they're kind of struggling. So, yeah, we'll see what happens.
0: Why oh, just sh- straight up shutting down Jamal Murray, <laughs> uh Don't
1: say anything. I'm watching the game. Oh, th- the is that game happening oh, dude, right yeah. now? <laughs> <laughs> is that happening right now yeah clippers denver's on oh i, th- I thought you were talking like theoretically like is gonna shut him down or you were playing like 2k while we're doing the podcast but no there's a game happening oh man i
0: got i got the podcast so i got the zoom on one screen and the games on the other screen
1: man you got a setup man yeah man. <laughs> that's what they call multitasking man
0: <laughs>
1: yo man yo we got some we got some ballers in here we got denny fawns brandon we got three three dunkers in here you know got Throwing it down, man. These guys know what they're talking about. They got they got cred. They know what they're talking about when it comes to basketball. So we're gonna go to the next segment. It's called Slam Dunk, Layup, Foul or Flagrant. So basically, Slam Dunk is like, like it's great. Layup is okay. Foul is not good. Flagrant is awful. So you, you rate the headline by giving one of those. So the first headline and it, and it is breaking news: Steve Nash has been named the head coach. Of the Brooklyn Nets, signing a four-year deal to fill the vacant roster, or the the vacant head coaching position, again for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, Brandon, we go to you.
3: Uh, it's a layup. It's, a layup. Uh, it's It's an interesting hire because I, I didn't know he was. You know that was his career path, right? So um, how does he qualify? I guess we're gonna find out. Uh, I guess it's interesting. I guess he majored in sociology. I guess when he was in college, I don't that. Factors into how well human behaviors and things like that, um, but I guess it has something to do with when he was in Golden. I guess he consulted in Golden State. I think like in 2015, 2016. I can't remember, but uh, you know, and they had two really good years. They were one of the years that they set the, rec- the, uh, the record for seventy three wins, and then the next year they won the championship. Right. So, so, whether he had a hand in you know the developing that offense there, I guess that's to be seen. So, no, I think that's. Uh, Going to be
1: an interesting move for Brooklyn. They're thinking a little bit outside the box. Nice. Uh, Den- Denny. Slam dunk, uh, yeah, I, I, Slam dunk I layup, foul or flay up. Layup.
2: Yeah, because um, I mean, I don't really know his coaching style, but uh, from him as a player, he's really unselfish and he's a team oriented get everybody involved kind of guy. And I think that's what Brooklyn needs uh, because right now they don't. They're kind of all over the place. They have some scorers, like Levert. um, He's still a question mark to me. I don't know if if he just kind of went off or if he's always that good or if it's just a one-time thing. Um, But they do have a lot of weapons uh, that if I think if they kind of go under the right wing, that they could be very useful. But the other question is also um, the big two that are coming back, right? uh, Irving and Durant. Can a first time head coach mesh well with these superstars. So that'll be interesting to see.
1: Right. Uh, I'm going to go next here. So you said, what is Steve Nash coaching? style? So I would say passive. He was like the assist leader for forever. So <laughs> but, uh. <laughs> and then Brandon, you mentioned he's a, got a doctorate or something in sociology. He's going to need it because Kyrie Irving is, You know, he's socially strange. I'll put it that way. He believes he's the president of the Flat Earth Society or something, you know? (laughs) Like, he's going to need to control this man. And that is the key to the Brooklyn Nets. That and KD's health, if he's going to come back either at full strength or a shell of himself, that's ultimately going to decide how Nash looks as a coach. You know, there's only so much a coach can do. But I think Nash is a great hire, so I'm going to go with Slam Dunk. I think he had a relationship. With Kevin Durant from the time he was with the Warriors as a kind of a consultant, slash shooting coach, slash working with Curry for the last few years there. So he the players signed off on him. So uh they're okay with him. So you know, that's a good sign that that maybe means they'll have some more buy-in, uh, with the words he says. And the I'm curious to see what kind of offensive system he installs. I, I you know, I think he, I think he has the potential to be a great coach. You know, a lot of, man, I feel like a semi chuck just drove by. I don't know what that was. I, um, you know, a lot of point guards, they give them chances. You know, Derek Fisher, Jason Kidd, right, right after their playing career, they don't have much coaching experience, but they're banking on that this guy was like a coach on the floor. And I think the same thing could be said of when Chris Paul retires. I think of a head coaching job offered him right away. Um, Without much experience, but you know, fish and uh, kid didn't turn out that good with uh, New Jersey and Knicks, so uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens with Nash. Well, but we're rooting for him, Fonz?
0: I'm not just gonna say slam dunk, I'm gonna say 360, East Bay, windmill, tens across the board. I mean, that's a
1: first on Vancouver hoops.
0: You cannot find in the NBA a more respected player or more respected person than steve nash i mean the guy is both on and off the court he, he's an amazing player he's an excellent businessman but the one thing i love is steve nash is one of those guys who even though he's not playing anymore you still see him out there training with younger players you still see him i mean th- and this is one of the things probably one of the main reasons why he's with the nets right now is because when he was consulting for golden state he and kevin Durant were actually buddy-buddy. And I think that if anyone is able to give Kyrie some direction, it would most likely be Steve Nash. Just because of the fact that, I mean, a more he was an amazing point guard. And Kyrie, even though he is a bit of a hothead, he does respect greatness. And Steve Nash is undoubtedly one of the greats. He was a two-time MVP. He's a Hall of Famer. I mean it doesn't get any better than that. I mean if you were to ask me personally if that I could have training sessions one-on-one with any player in the league, I wouldn't even say Kobe or MJ. I would straight up say Steve Nash because Steve Nash understands the game. Steve Nash loves the game. Right. And Kyrie said it himself, he's a student of the game.
1: Yeah.
0: And I mean who better to teach it than one of the one of the best.
1: Yeah. Well first of all if you said Kobe we'd be a little bit concerned just because of this past year. But um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, I hear you, man. He, great teacher. Okay, so we go to the next one. Uh, we, we didn't talk about Luka Doncic that much yet, but like he single-handedly gave the Clippers a run for their money. Um, So the, the next thing to rate is Marcus Morris getting physical with Luka Doncic. There's a few things where it looked like he intentionally stepped on his ankle. There's one where he swiped at his head and just overall kind of bowling him around. We go to that. Being physical with Luka Doncic. Brandon.
3: Well, I like Luka. He had a terrific series. Um, To be honest with you, I I don't have a problem with some of the antics, right? Um, Sorry, I missed that. You don't have a problem with what? Look back at the old Knicks with Anthony Mason, Charles Oakley, Smith, with Ewing, right? You had to earn, you you know, your points in going into the paint, right? And basketball has really changed, right? So it's nice to have some feeling back into the playoffs, just like we used to have, and when Michael used to play, right? So yeah, I, I'm fine with it. Uh, so I, I guess I'll read this. Uh, guess this is slam dunk.
1: Yeah, uh, Fons.
0: That's a flagrant to me, <laughs> man. Actually,
1: it <he> got called <laughs> as a flagrant. So you're right. <laughs>
0: there's, there's no like one thing is a foul. One thing is, like, accidental fouls, but it it comes to a point where it's just unsportsmanlike. And all you're doing is looking to get either yourself or somebody else injured. And, I mean, especially as a player, like, there's nothing worse than playing with people who are just plain dumb when they're defending. I mean, I would rather play against an A1 defender who's going to lock me up every time than against somebody who doesn't know how to defend or is just trying to play dirty. Because you're going to end up getting hurt. They're going to either tackle you midair, or they're going to close out too close on a shot. Um, It's just, it's bad, and it's sad to see that at this level, players are still doing that kind of stuff. Um, And plus, man, Morris needs to to stay in his lane. I mean, Luka Doncic, if he was a percentage more athletic than he already is, I mean, he would be the face of the league. He's just a bit slow, but I mean, in terms of skill, I mean, his size, the, the, the kind of stuff he can do, the kid's a star. So, I mean, if he was just a little bit more athletic, 100%, he would have taken it this year, and he would have been the the face of the league.
1: Good call. Good call. Denny?
0: Um,
2: I'd say just it's a foul. Uh, So not a flagrant, but the one right before. Um, I do like when players get physical uh, with the young guys or with up-and-coming stars, because that just makes them better. But I don't like the manner in which it was done uh, because you could possibly end a guy's season or, or like, look what happened to Durant. He snapped his Achilles. Yeah. Right. And he's, he's gone for how long? We don't even know what he's going to be like, when he like gets back. And because too young, at least Durant has proven himself, you know? Uh, so that's what I don't like, but I do like, uh, giving him a little of baptizing, even though he's not really a actual rookie or like a beginner, he's been playing pro ball for like <laughs> seven years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just don't like the, the way it was done. But it, it, I think it's going to be good for Luca coming to the next season. He can see what he can do. I think he even surprised himself. Uh, and they wouldn't have picked on him that way unless uh, they thought he was a threat. So that should give him a good confidence boost.
1: Yeah, man. I'm going to go foul on this one. I I was leaning towards layup, but Fawn's changed my mind. He appealed to my human side. It made me think about all the times that I've been injured by players that don't know what they're doing. And then it made me think, Like that's why I'm not playing basketball right now because like I'm tired of playing with guys that are like trying to injure me. (laughs) So that must be what it's like feeling like for Luka Doncic. So from that perspective, I'm not down with it. But at the same time, I like that baptism like Luka – or not Luka. Like Denny said, uh, he put a little bit of the fear of God in, in Luka Doncic there just by being physical with him. The physical side I liked, but maybe not some of the cheap shots. I didn't mind. I didn't mind the headshot because I, I didn't really have a chance of doing anything. The ankle, ooh, it's a little. That's a little iffy. Targeting an injured spot on the person, but uh, <laughs> I like roughing them up. Sometimes you got to do that in the playoffs. You got to beat them down. Uh, and yeah, hey, we can talk all we want about it, but the Clippers are coming out of the series, and the physical defense on Luka w- was a big part of that. So we can't say it wasn't effective. So, what can I say? We go to the next one, and that's just a trend we're seeing. Referees having a tight whistle at the end of games. So, for instance, that Miami game, uh, Jimmy Butler, he gets fouled with double zeros on the clock. I've never even heard of that. Like, And then he goes to the line with no one beside him, just shoots like a game-winning free throw. Same thing with that um, the OKC uh, game, game seven against Houston. There was three seconds on the clock, and half an it took half an hour to play three seconds. Because that's how many whistles were blown in three. There was probably like six or seven fouls within. I've never seen anything like it. It was exciting, and I had a PVR, so I could just skip. But if I'm watching at home, I mean that's taking forever. But anyways, we we go to we go to Denny here. What is up with all these referees uh, deciding games with the whistle? What do you what? I, how do you rate that? I think
2: that if that call. If he uh, hadn't made that call on uh, Dragic, the uh, other call wouldn't have happened either. It was a total make-up call, right? It was a touch, you know? It was a a little touch foul that ended the game. They usually don't call. But because you see the replay, uh, Dragic was just completely straight up. Didn't even lean. He actually put his hands together behind his head about how straight he was. Um, And it it also went to show how, you know, when they go to uh, review with the actual – I forgot the – referee's name that he used to do the review center and he explained why calls a certain way i haven't seen him once disagree with a call made so i think that he <laughs> has to agree so his credibility is out the window for Yo, me because that was not a foul in the slightest
1: <laughs> no totally bad brandon uh, uh, i forgot the guy's name do you, do you remember the the referees always <laughs> in the booth he's got like no personality is this person like steve or something i, uh, I think it's steve jabby steve jabby yeah, steve yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bring back dick pavetta <laughs> <laughs> um yeah man no he, yeah no he's he's totally telling the company line so what do you say is that a foul for you or denny what, what is your rating there um
2: not, yeah not- I, I would i would a flagrant, like uh <laughs> Like, just le- let him play, you know? Yeah. If the, f- the first call, would it would have been ended up kind of the same yeah. anyways, right?
1: So. I, yeah. I grew up with, like, refs swallowing their whistles in the last 10 seconds, like anything goes. But now, like, it, you breathe on the guy, and it's a foul with, like, 0.1 seconds. And it's like, dude, just let him take a shot and see if it goes in. Um, Fonz, you got any thoughts on this? How do you rate it?
0: To me, it's between a foul and a layup. Okay. Because it, it has its advantages and its disadvantages. I mean, for, for one part it does make the game seem a lot longer than necessary just because you have within the last minute, at least a half a dozen calls. Um, And on stuff that a lot, I'm used to there being three calls in the NBA, a a foul, a flagrant one and a flagrant two. But now there's, uh, there's incidental damage. There's hostile stance. There's a standstill act it just got really complicated and they haven't officially explained yet how it works. They're <laughs> still kind of new and implementing it. So it seems like a lot of times they're just kind of making this stuff up. Like I think it was <laughs> I agree. yesterday. Um, the Houston Rockets or no, no. Yeah. It was the Houston Rockets on one of the shots. I think it was PJ Tucker. He was standing still straight up and they called a foul on the shot. And I mean, they said that he was still moving, but inst- but they, they tried to explain it as it being a hostile act, mid-movement, while the shooter was in the air and they didn't give the shooter enough space to close out or to, to land. And it, it just seems really dragged out and unnecessary. But at the same time, I mean, the Raptor, it saved the Raptors a couple times so far, so I'm not going to complain about it.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Brandon, do you have any quick thoughts on it Oops. I'll say foul
3: um you know it, it's it's a general like fans have accepted you know whether it's football hockey basketball that when it comes to the playoffs that the referees aren't or shouldn't decide any games right and yeah. especially in the fourth quarter late you know just let them let them play it out right so but as you know put like, it into legitimate foul of course we're going to call it right but Again the NBA has been struggling with the refereeing for a while it's this uh, game to game we're not sure exactly uh what's to file, right It's all over the place uh, versus football or whatever it, it's pretty consistent right so yeah, I think it's just something the NBA needs to fix
1: yeah I mean that's that's a that's a whole other podcast we could go into officiating i, I my personal thought is the NBA is somewhat broken when it comes to just a lot of the calls that we're making, but we're not going to go there today we're gonna go to our next one we got we got one more one or two more here. First, First of all, all, playoff P. Flagrant, foul, layup, or, or slam dunk. First, just, just relating his name to how he's been performing in the playoffs so far. Fawns. Uh,
0: see, that's a tough one. I- I'm going to go with layup. Because he's not the only guy that's in a slump, that's been in a slump and had to come out of a slump. I mean, Harden's still in a slump. Westbrook is was injured and he's coming out of it. LeBron was in a slump for the first few games of the playoff. Uh, like, everybody has good games and bad games. I mean, he had three bad games in a row, but he's been playing pretty decently ever since. So, I mean, I think I think people are – just expecting this first year of Paul George playing with the Clippers to be the Paul George he was in Indiana before he broke his leg. Cause I mean, Paul George was a dude who would square up against LeBron easy and not everyone could do that. But ever since he broke his leg, I mean, obviously he's not playing at the same intensity. He's not playing at the same level, but I think people are trying to fault him for not playing at that same intensity when right. that's not who he is anymore. Paul George is a, a second man. He's not the first, He's not the main scorer in on a team anymore. So I think people just have to get used to the fact that it's not the same Paul George that we're talking about. I'm going to say layup. I Play believe up. in the guy. Playoff,
1: Playoff feed, Danny? Danny?
2: I'm going to have to say flagrant, and this is uh, the reason <laughs> why. Uh, if he didn't talk smack and he wasn't calling people out and he didn't give a self-proclaimed nickname, then I would agree with Fonds. But uh, if, if you're not – backing up what you're saying and you're ripping Damian Lillard uh, who was playing amazing and just going on Twitter explaining yourself as to why you're not the best and giving a sob story uh, that to me that loses everything in terms of your, your image and uh, <laughs> and now um,
1: both shoulders.
2: You're, you're, car- you're being carried by Kawhi Leonard Don't, so yeah. and he's the one who's not saying anything so that. Is really somebody who deserves a nickname, not somebody who's hopping on on the wagon with him. That's some flagrant.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna go again. I was gonna go Leia, but I, I think Denny's presented a convincing argument to the tune that I'm gonna go uh, foul here because Kawhi does have a nickname, the Claw. I don't know who gave it to him. He has abnormally large hands, but um, but you're right. He he is he is carrying that team, averaging like 33, 10, and five and two blocks and two steals. He's, he's doing everything. He's ha- That was like his best series statistically of his career. Um, and you're right. He's doing it without talking mainly because, well, he, he just never talks. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he he carried them. Let's, let's be honest. Paul George was terrible in most games. I think game one he was okay, and then that was it. He was actually, you know, a, a bit of a negative. But, you know, he was still playing defense and, trying to contribute in other things, but he was just missing everything. Now, he gave himself the nickname Playoff P. I think it has a nice ring to it, but he's never actually, you know, done anything in the playoffs as much as I like him. I mean, I just want to see, you know, we'll see if if they, if they get the chip this year, I think it will be all right. He can keep the name. But uh, other than that, I don't know. I don't say. Brandon?
3: He gets a flagrant because you can't, just, you can't make up your own nickname. People have to <laughs> give it to you, right? So, uh, but uh, joking aside, but with, with, with Paul George, they need him to get going again because really he's going to be one of the keys if they're going to beat the Lakers and continue on, right? So yeah. um, like I said with that spat you had with, with Lillard, I, I call Paul George a big tough guy. So, you know, until he does something, you know, he's, he's, he's got to
1: earn that game. Playoff P, right? Right. Um, okay, so that, that ends our segment. Before, before we go to, you know, our wrap-up, I'm just going to put somewhat of an open-ended question to you guys here. So we've seen some great play in the bubble in the playoffs so far by some young Western Conference guards that are kind of carrying their team. Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell, we've already touched on. Luka Doncic as well. Devin Booker, uh, Suns going 8-0 in the bubble. Should have been a playoff team, but somehow didn't get in. Um, which player has the brightest future out of those four? Who's who's the best? Who's got the brightest future? Just your opinion, Brandon. Well, I think in the previous podcast, uh, when we were talking about MVP of the league and
3: everyone was going Giannis and LeBron, I picked Luka. I thought his his season was already pretty good, so I think he's going to be the next superstar. Yeah. But out of that group, who's really come on? It's definitely. Uh, it's...
1: Oh, sorry, it's definitely what? I think you got muted right before you said it.
3: No, <laughs> Booker. I think he really. You Booker. Know, going eight no, That was a. Okay. You, know, you Can't argue with that, right?
1: Okay. Um. Actually, you know what? My my take is exact same as yours. I'm a Suns fan so Booker I'm you know I'm pulling for him but like honestly Luka's a more complete player. Uh you know Dallas is in the playoffs comfortably whereas Suns were they needed a pandemic just to even sniff it. So uh Luka you know he's 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 contributing to winning more so than Booker is at this point. That being said Booker is on the is on the come up. Uh so yeah I'm going to have to say Luka Danny,
2: Yeah, Luke, Luke is my man. I I definitely think that he's going to, especially with the pieces they might add next season, because um, right now he literally has to do everything himself. Um, but uh, honestly, I can see Devin Booker going far if they get him out of Phoenix. I wouldn't want to see that happen. But if they put him somewhere where uh, he can at least have some support <laughs> or something, you know, they played pretty good at the end of the the season here but I mean they put themselves in that hole right it wasn't anybody else they they did it so uh if they continue the streak then then I think he can go far too but uh next season I think would be it for him and Phoenix if they don't do well
1: that's tough to swallow um because nothing has happened in 10 years they haven't made the playoffs the only thing they had is, is Devin Becker if they lose him I might as well just you know I don't know what to say they, they can't lose Booker Danny this is, this is the only thing we have. They need to build around him, not ship him off for draft picks, which never develop because Suns are bad at picking and developing. Fons?
0: Um, I would like to agree with you guys on Devin Booker. I mean, I love the guy. I've gone to see him play in Arizona. Um, oh, wow. He's an amazing player. But I got to go with my guy, Jean Marant.
1: Oh, we did, he wasn't even one of the options. You're bringing – okay, we're bringing in a fifth option. John Morant.
0: You know, it was like A, B, C, or D, none of the above, man. John <laughs> Morant is – Yo. Man, I, I, I have no words. I mean, the kid, he just won Rookie of the Year today. That's right. I mean, the kid is – he is a star. He took the Memphis Grizzlies, who were literally nobody – to being inches, seconds away from making it into the playoffs as a rookie. And not 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 a, a Luka Doncic-style rookie, a real rookie. And, I mean, this kid is putting up insane numbers. His athleticism is crazy, and his skill is unmatched. Give him a few years, wait until John Morant has been seasoned, has been baptized, as Denny said, by these uh, – tougher bullies just give them a few years and this kid is going
1: to be insane more <laughs> Yo, than man. he already is john Morant, another guy the Suns should have on their team except they lose the lottery they're the second worst team in the league last year and they dropped to six they should john Morant should be on the team anyways um we got to wrap up here but before we do we have a couple of segments one of them is called basketball iq where we ask one of our guests a very difficult trivia question and if they get it right i have me being the host i have to do something some kind of challenge that one of our other guests say so like last time daly was trying to get me to walk across the poor man bridge back and forth twice i've had to like attempt half court shots in snow had to do all this crazy stuff so first of all fons you got some kind of challenge for me that uh if if Den- denny doesn't get this question right that'll have to do
0: oh um, J- just
1: bear in mind, we're in a pandemic here. I-, I can't afford to catch any diseases, so just he can't he
0: can't watch basketball for a week. Oh, man. <laughs> ooh, no man, no, that's 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 borderline I can't can't do that. No, but you can't play with anyone, but you can go to a court by yourself with the ball.
1: Okay, okay, so, give me, okay. Give me a basketball challenge. Let's do it. I,
0: I want to see you. And, I mean, I want to see if Brandon and, and Denny agree to this. I want to see you put a, an alley-oop to yourself off the backboard.
1: With gloves and a mask on?
0: I mean, if you want to, sure. <laughs> <laughs> what do y'all think? Y'all agree?
1: On a 10-foot hoop. All
0: right, let's
1: go. Of course, it's got to be 10-foot hoop. I haven't played ball in a long time. I don't even know if I got hops anymore. And I'm white. <laughs> so, there's that working against me. But, uh, okay. Uh, that's a good challenge. I know, you, I
0: know you can do it. I've seen you do very similar things in the past. So I'm, ex- mm. I'm excited to see this. All
1: right. Well, now we just need to see if Danny can get this question right. So <laughs> Sean Marks, cue the music. Sean Marks is the current GM of the Brooklyn Nets. He just hired Steve Nash today. Sean Marks and Steve Nash played together for three seasons in the Phoenix Suns. Name one year that Sean Marks and Steve Nash were teammates for the Phoenix Suns. One year out of the three 2009 is that your final answer yeah that is incorrect there will be no alley-oops 2006 when? to 2008 oh, oh wow. wow that was so good. Cool. dang <laughs> dude i i was actually kind of looking forward to that though hey you Next, can do it anyway no man i no i can't i probably honestly physically can <laughs> at this point but it would have been nice to get that on tape, just all the fails. <laughs> but next time, hey, if, if we can get you guys on next time, we us try that challenge again. Anyways, um, one last segment. It's called The Last Word. Any of you guys feeling particularly passionate about any basketball subject, basically how it works is you just go on a soliloquy for about a minute just on something that's irking you, something you just want to release some emotion about in the basketball world anybody got something on their mind denny all right the last word is gonna go to denny very quick very quick
2: uh i'm very irked with uh this league and the way it's officiated and the way it's set up creating stars who aren't stars like james harden (laughs) james harden (laughs) is not a star he gets his buckets uh on the free throw line it's a smart way to play in this league but he, as you can see, he, when he has, he can't get to the line, nothing happens. And it's consistent throughout his career, unfortunately. For Houston, he's working. But you put him on another team uh, with a different system that's not a small ball. And uh, they don't call as many fouls. I do not see him being nearly as successful. So uh, like yesterday, after I saw his performance, and um, he kind of bailed himself out with defense so he can still kind of leave the star uh, name attached uh, he, I'm very not sold on anything so I just need, think the league needs to change that
1: very good that that was one of the hottest takes we've had so far James Harden <laughs> is not a star not a star thank you for joining us in Vancouver Hoops for Fawns, Denny Brandon I'm Chapin tune in next time for Vancouver Hoops we're gonna have a, another podcast for sure at the end of the second round maybe one before then if we can get organized here And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for being a loyal fan. Check us out on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, uh, iTunes, Google Play, whatever. Wherever you listen to a podcast, you will find Vancouver Hoops. Hashtag Vansketball. Have a good evening. Enjoy the games.